So as of today, uh, Rashad Hill, Chad Beebe, Nick Vigil, and Patrick Peterson, uh, as long as everything goes according to plan, we'll be having those official announcements coming to you shortly. Uh, but today, very excited to announce uh, one of the uh, guys that we targeted and, and our big prize was getting Dalvin Tomlinson here. Um, not only is he a great football player, but he's even a better human being off the field. What's up? Welcome to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm your host, Gabe Henderson from Vikings.com, alongside my co-host, slash Vikings.com audio producer, Mr. Chris Corso. Tonight, we are talking free agency. And what a better way to start the show than with the free agency news of Patrick Peterson signing with the Minnesota Vikings on a one-year, $10 million contract. And Corso, it's been a, uh, an eventful free agency. I know that the Patriots have been making the biggest splash in free agency thus far. But the Vikings, man, they've been making some really solid moves and trying to put the pieces together, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you didn't expect this to happen right off the jump when you look at the salary cap being where it is at $180 million around that number, which is clearly lower than GM Rick Spielman expected it to be at. But then you bring in a flashy name like Patrick Peterson, and man, I'm starting to line up the depth chart. I'm looking at who's going to be where. Uh, Andre Patterson handpicks Dalvin Tomlinson to be his new three technique, and obviously you return a Daniil Hunter and Michael Pierce, who both did not play a snap last year. So I think it's one of those odd years, Gabe. The odd year of the Mike Zimmer tenure is where they make the playoffs 100% of the time. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the odd year free agency this year with Purple Insider's Matthew Collar here joining the show later today. But Corso, you know we got to start the show the way we always do. We kind of hinted at some of our best things that we're going to talk about, but in typical Vikings vintage fashion, what is the best thing you saw this week? I'm going to cite a few tweets on the new three technique, Dalvin Tomlinson, because he is an interesting guy to say the least. I know he's over 300 pounds, which makes him a huge man. 318 pounds is exactly what they have him listed at. But NFL Network's Tom Pelissero said one of the best numbers of the day, 658 the combined weight of Dalvin Tomlinson and, of course, 340-pound Michael Pierce, who will be the nose tackle right next to him. Two absolutely massive humans in the middle of this Vikings defense. That's that's my best thing, number one. Best thing, number two, is Jim Nagy, uh, who's obviously in charge of the Senior Bowl uh, every year down in Alabama. He tweeted that Dallin Tomlinson is the only player in college football history whose final three college decision teams were Alabama, Georgia, and the University of Harvard. So obviously he's a smart dude who had the attention of two of the best schools in the SEC, but then thought about going to Harvard because of how smart he is off the field. Yeah, I think he had a 4.4 GPA in high school. And I don't think he was going to go to Harvard for football. I think he was going to go to Harvard for wrestling or something crazy like that. Like he was considering like wrestling out of either a Big Ten school or going to Harvard. So to hear you say those were his three final schools, that, that shows how bright this guy is off the field. I have one more best thing, Gabe, and it's another tweet um, from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. We're just going all in on Dalvin Tomlinson right here, but... 
uh, it's pretty funny that Rappaport notes that the Green Bay Packers tried very hard to trade for Dalvin Tomlinson uh, during last season to add him to their defensive line. Now they have to see him twice a year on the rival side of the ball. Whenever you take a player from the opposing uh, rival and villain, I am very excited for what he brings to the table. I think anytime you hear <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings signing a player over the Green Bay Packers, that, that's a good day in Vikings country. And Dalvin Tomlinson, I mean, we all know he's, we'll put it this way. There are two guys in NFL histories in NFL history with the name Dalvin, and both of those guys play for the Vikings right now. So if Dalvin Tomlinson is anywhere close to production uh, in the way that Dalvin Cook is, I I think we have a perennial-type Pro Bowl player that will make splashes and be a a well-beloved player in the Minnesota Vikings community. But speaking of D-line, I think the D-line complements the secondary because when the D-line gets pressure on the quarterback, it makes the secondary's job easier. So the best thing I saw this week is the newest addition to the secondary, Mr. Pat Peterson, the eight-time Pro Bowler from Arizona Cardinals who was at LSU and almost won the Heisman Award his sophomore year. I think that that this signing of Patrick Peterson, we, we saw it go uh, viral on, on social media last, well, earlier this week. I mean, it, this is such a huge addition to this Vikings defense. I mean, we, we know what he's going to bring as far as leadership-wise, what he's going to help uh, Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney and all, and all these young guys in the secondary do uh, in year two. But I think ultimately it makes Justin Jefferson a better receiver. It makes Adam Thielen a better receiver because he's going against those guys one-on-one in practice every single day. And that having that level of competition in practice, it only makes those guys better when it comes to the game. And Patrick Peterson, we, we know he's played 16 games every single year of his uh, NFL career, except for 2019 uh, when he was suspended for six games. Um, so he's durable. Dalvin Tomlinson is durable also. And, and adding those two guys to this team, to this defense, I think that changes that, I mean, immediately changes the trajectory of what this Vikings defense is going to be in, in 2020. I mean, we, I mean, 2021, we know that the Vikings, the, the run defense was, I'm not going to say atrocious, but it was it was pretty bad in 2020. So adding Dalvin Tomlinson alongside Michael Pierce and hopefully have Daniel Hunter back, um, that, that's going to be huge, man. And it, it only makes this entire defense a better unit, which ultimately makes this this team a better team. I've seen and been a part of like every single Mike Zimmer press conference since 2015, the year I started. And the one thing he always talks about is the two most important positions on the Vikings defense are the three technique and the cornerback. You can obviously make an argument for the pass rusher that he loves so much, but he is one of the coaches in the NFL that just always brings up the three technique position, always brings up having that cornerback who can do it all in zone and man coverage. Now, I know Patrick Peterson is a little bit older, and he probably showed some age uh, playing in a man defense with the Arizona Cardinals last year, but man, I think this guy can still do it, and he brings things on the field and off the field that are just going to be so beneficial to the rest of the young defensive backs on this team. Yeah, and I think this Zimmer defense will help Patrick Peterson show his talents a little bit more like he he won't be required to play as much man coverage here as he did in Arizona and having a guy like Harrison Smith over top of whoever we sign in the secondary uh, to help out over top for for I mean Pat Peterson not like he needs it but you know Jeff Gladney or Cameron Dantzler 
I think it just makes the entire secondary job as far as cornerbacks makes their life a lot easier. Um, so, man, it, it's going to be fun, man. Moving on to some of the other signings this uh, this offseason for the Minnesota Vikings. Steven Weatherly, one year, $2.5 million. He's back with the Minnesota Vikings. Chad Beebe just re-signed with the Minnesota Vikings, as well as Rashad Hill. Uh, those are three guys who know this team very well. And for you, who, who, who've seen these guys, you know, before me, I mean, I've been here coming up on a year now. What are some of your biggest takes on having those three guys back in the locker room? And, you know, we probably won't expect those guys to be starters, but they're going to make a huge contribution to this Minnesota Vikings team. Yeah, starting with Weatherly, he has always shown uh, such a great athletic ability from the defensive end position. And to be able to come in later in downs, uh, give a guy like Daniil Hunter a break. Obviously, you have a DJ Wanham who needs some leadership when it comes to rushing the passer and learning things on and off the field, Stephen Weatherly just brings it all. Uh, so I'm super excited what he's going to bring to the depth at the defensive end position. We didn't have many pass rushers last year on the edge that were able to get to the quarterback. He's a guy that doesn't even need to start to make an impact at that at that position. Then you look at Rashad Hill, who, I mean, he's been here since like 2016 when he came as a practice squad player, and, and he really didn't have the skills but he had the size uh, to really be an impact player on an NFL roster. And he worked his way all the way up from the practice squad to playing in big games. He played in the NFC Championship when a player went down in that game. He found, he's found really uh, impactful snaps in big games and big moments for this team. He can play right tackle. He can play left tackle. So I, a guy of that stature and size, you could never argue having that depth um, in this Vikings offensive line room. And lastly, Chad Beebe. Like, I just love what the guy stands for. Whether he makes the team or not, like, for, for a guy of his size to be a walk-on and, and be kind of homegrown within this system, I just love what he brings to the table. And obviously he had a few big moments last season. So love to see him grow. Hopefully we had another couple few wide receivers to add to the depth. We'll get we'll get to that later with Matthew Collar, but Man, these are just depth signings that continue to add to this Vikings roster. Yeah, you need that depth. And we also added depth at the linebacker position also with Eric Wilson not re-signing with the team. The Vikings uh, signed Nick Vigil from the L.A. Chargers. I mean, that that is a huge signing in my opinion. The guy, he, he can he played all three linebacker positions in his four-year tenure in Cincinnati before signing with the L.A. Chargers last year. And I, I think that is a huge country, that is a huge addition to this special teams unit also. Uh, the guy, he, he can do it all. Um, I had the opportunity to work with his brother, Zach Vigil, when I was working in Washington. And if he is anything like Zach, I mean, if, yeah, if he's anything like his older brother, Zach Vigil, I think this Minnesota Vikings team will, will, will surely benefit from his presence. Um, uh, Nick Vigil is a guy who, Paul Gunther, who we talked to on the MVP earlier this week, Paul Gunther, he, he, he played under him when Paul Gunther was a defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. So there's a, there's a lot of familiarity there, and I'm looking forward to see what he brings to this Minnesota Vikings team. But I know we're talking about all this money and all these players signing um, these contracts this, this offseason, and I feel like we have to bring up the reason why the Vikings were able to uh, clear up some space uh, for those guys to get signed. And when you talk about a guy like Anthony Barr, who was on a three-year deal, um, he restructured his contract. So now um, he's less against the cap and his last two years, uh, 2022 and 2023, those years avoided. So this is, a, this is a contract year for him. So, I mean, if he plays up to par, 
I mean, opportunity, I mean, chances are that, you know, he'll get that big contract that he is, you know, well-deserved of uh, next offseason when the TV money kicks in. Also, Britton Colquitt, um, he restructured his contract, so he is making the veteran minimum this year. And that freed up a lot of cap space to sign some of these guys. So a, a lot going on right now, right? I mean, this free agency period, I mean, this, things are shuffling around. I mean, we're hearing all these reports, all these speculations, but the Vikings are making moves. They really are. I mean, when you bring in a big, flashy name like Patrick Peterson, you, the only thing you can do is get excited for what he's going to bring on all sides of the ball, as you touched earlier um, on with, with the effect that it'll have on Justin Jefferson. So, man, I'm excited. Uh, last year was a crazy year for the world. It was a crazy year for the Vikings. We didn't have fans in the stadium. Hopefully that's going to change as well. Uh, all things are pointing forward in the world and in Vikings country. Well, looking forward, we got Matthew Collar from the Purple Insider, and what a better no no better way to get into it than just introduce the guy. So, without further ado, we bring in Matthew Collar from the Purple Insider. Yeah, thanks for having me. How about this? Like an exciting off season, only a couple of days in, huh? Only a couple of days in, and we are already making big moves. And I, speaking of big moves, I'm not talking about Dalvin Tomlinson just yet because he's a big guy, right? But I'm talking about Patrick Peterson. The eight-time Pro Bowler, a guy who has played pretty much every single game of his career other than 2019 when he was suspended for six games. Like, this is a huge, huge free agent signing. Your thoughts on that signing? Yeah, I think it's a really, I mean, first of all, a big boost to the secondary that has so many young players. I mean, last year, how many times did we say, yeah, the oldest player in the secondary is only 24 years old? Well, that's going to change. And from covering this team throughout the entire Mike Zimmer era, one thing that I saw when they built up the team to be so good in 2017 was that a lot of veteran players were big helps to the development of other younger players. So someone like Brian Robison made a huge difference in Daniil Hunter's career and Terrence Newman made a huge difference in Xavier Rhodes's career and I think that Mike Zimmer understands the value of having someone who has been a superstar in the NFL to be around people like Cam Dantzler and Jeff Gladney and the other thing that will be interesting to see is how Mike Zimmer decides to deploy Patrick Peterson because I'm not sure that he was in an ideal situation in Arizona last year and some of his numbers reflected that but his skill set and his size and his speed and all those things appear to still be be there so how will Mike Zimmer work with him how will he adjust the defense to now fit with Patrick Peterson I think that Zimmer has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that especially with cornerbacks but it'll be a fascinating thing to track as we go along with Patrick Peterson I was ragging on Gabe yesterday I was like we need a veteran cornerback that is what we need that is what Mike Zimmer that's what makes him happy that's what makes him go that's how he builds this defense I always look back to the Xavier Rhodes and the things that would happen at training camp between a young Stefan Diggs and a young Adam Thielen and the way they were able to grow do you think that impact will be like made on a Justin Jefferson those two guys are from LSU they have a connection like how does this help Justin Jefferson going forward yeah, well, first of all, here's hoping to a normal training camp for all reporters yeah. and uh, team media because. Amen to that. 
Uh, last year, we were about, you know, 50 miles away from the field, having to squint to see who was running the one-on-ones and stuff. But hopefully we're closer this time so we could see Patrick Peterson and Justin Jefferson go at it. My understanding is that they know each other and that they already have a relationship. And I just think that, you know, that competitiveness with each other, it really did help Stefan Diggs and it did help Xavier Rhodes grow his players. And those are the things that you don't necessarily see on a, on a Sunday when they're playing, but that is built over a number of years and over tons of practice practice reps. And I think from that perspective, Patrick Peterson can have a very positive impact. And the fact that now he allows some more flexibility for Mike Zimmer with other players. Like, does he want Jeff Gladney to move inside to a nickel role where I think his skill set really fits there. It allows Jeff Gladney to not have to play outside and then move yeah. to nickel and then play outside again. And someone like Cam Dantzler being able to learn from him too. I, I think that these are, these are really important elements of the signing. Well, when you sign a cornerback of Patrick Peterson's caliber, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, man, this only gives the defensive line more time to get to the quarterback. And it goes hand in hand, right? When you get a good defensive lineman, it provides more opportunities for a secondary to, you know, make up time and coverage. Maybe they got beat over top. But speaking of D linemen, we just signed a really good defensive lineman. His name is Dalvin Tomlinson from the New York Giants. And I mean, everybody, I mean, rightfully so, is so excited about this signing, but I want to hear your excitement. Are you excited? How do you feel about Dalvin Tomlinson being a Minnesota Viking now? Well, first of all, I always get excited when moves happen because A, they always happen right after I publish my podcast. Uh, so <laughs> I have to do a new one. Uh, but that, no, I mean, because it always just brings so much intrigue of how it's going to work and how it's going to fit and what it could mean to the next season. So Delvin Cook, uh, I'm sorry, Delvin Tomlinson. <laughs> how many times are we going to do that? Uh, Delvin, DT. Just call him DT. Uh Delvin Tomlinson, though, you know, I think that when you look at his history, it's it's just very impressive, his consistency. Uh, I know that Mike Zimmer doesn't always love the pro football focus grades, but maybe he would appreciate these that, you know, Delvin Tomlinson has been a top 25 player at his position each year. And last year, he showed a lot of progress in the pass rush area. So if he's going to play more of a three technique role than the the nose tackle that he would be more expected to play. I mean, he showed that he has grown as a pass rush. And I think that that's what the Vikings are going to have to hope for is that that continues from where he was from last year. But when you're bringing in someone who is 27 years old, so he's in his prime and who has been very consistent and who is known as a high motor, high IQ player. I've already heard about 20 times that he was recruited by Harvard. I mean, all those things just fit <laughs> extremely well, I think, with Mike Zimmer. And, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, maybe it's not quite the Williams wall, but if you're talking about, you know, just sort of the domino effect of being able to shut down anyone who wants to run up the middle. They have two linebackers who can chase people down to the outsides. And you also can now stop the run probably with the front four, the front seven yeah. and allow Harrison Smith to be moving around to play two deep safety. So I think that the, the domino effect of just what that one player does is very valuable for this defense. Yeah. A couple of things stand out to me looking at the film. I think his feet, the quick feet, the way he's able to use his hands in the pass rush, but also um, from a run defense perspective, I think he's able to do both things. I think Gabe dropped the stat earlier in the show, like 52% of his snaps were in the, the passing game. So he's playing not only when you're playing against the run defense, he's playing all three, four downs, whatever it is. He's super down nose tackle. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I like it's unbelievable that he literally has played in and started all 16 games in his first four seasons with the Giants. But I seem to think about the last time that Andre Patterson 
hand-selected a veteran from the New York Giants to be his three technique. Do you see the similarities between Linval Joseph and Dalvin Tomlinson? Yeah, I mean, they might not play the exact same position here because Linval Joseph was the pure nose tackle and he was lining up right over the center and and dominating. And I have probably tweeted, I don't know, 50 times. Why do people run up the middle against Linval Joseph during his time? (laughs) And I think I'll be tweeting that again in in key situations on third and ones when uh, Michael Pierce and Delvin Tomlinson are, are stuffing that middle. But where the similarities come, and I talked to somebody who covers the Giants and they said that, and it, it is cliche for an interior defensive lineman to be like a lunch pail type of guy that more of like a, a, you know, kind of quiet go about his job, but a technician and somebody who is really committed to the job. Like those things sound very Linval Joseph like to me. They also sound like things that would be very attractive to Mike Zimmer. And I agree with you on the quick feet, but there's also just the size factor. I mean, he is man. <laughs> I don't like to necessarily cite weights until I see the guy, but I mean, he's listed around 320 pounds. And I mean, he is just a a mammoth of a human being. And so when you're talking about just getting push up the middle, uh, this is things that are very important to Mike Zimmer is how you stay in your rush lanes too, because, you know, he likes to blitz Eric Kendricks. He likes to blitz Anthony Barr a lot. So it's not just how many pressures does he get necessarily, but how does he impact everyone around him? And I think it's clear that Delvin Tomlinson does that. So we signed Stephen Weatherly a few weeks ago. Uh, Dalvin Thompson is a new name. Nick Vigil, we just signed him. Uh, like we're, Patrick Peterson, we just talked about him. I mean, the Vikings are making moves in free agency, but what's next? Yeah, by the time that you publish this, there might be three more moves. I mean, that just seems to be the nature of how aggressive the Vikings are being here in free agency. And I, and I think that they still have a lot to go, that the picture is not entirely formed here. And, and that's what makes it a little difficult to grade moves that we all want to do in the in free agency is there's a draft to still come. There's the potential for trades. If you guys remember, I mean, last year, the Yannick Ngakwe trade doesn't happen until training camp. And that's happened with other big names like Jamal Adams and like Khalil Mack. I mean, you never know when those trades are going to come. So I think that that's still on the table, maybe not right now that there could be a trade, but also, you know, they can make more cap space and look to fill out the offensive line. I mean, there's still some very good guards on the market. I've looked at, you know, Austin Blythe from the Los Angeles Rams is somebody who could be a nice fit here. Someone who's played in a similar type of running scheme to what they like to do situational pass rushers. There's always guys who are 30 years old who have kind of been around the block that you could bring in. Last year, they took a shot on someone like Anthony Zettel. That didn't work out, but you could see them doing things like that. I mean, I I think we're really set up, though, to make the 14th pick very, very interesting because the next move will kind of tell us where they're going to have to go with that pick. Yeah, you bring up the 14th pick. They could go defense again and continue to just add to the to where they Mike Zimmer wants to make his impact this next season. But I want to talk about the restructuring and the things that have been going on for Rob Brzezinski. How in the heck is he able to continue to get more money to sign a guy like Patrick Peterson? We know that the salary cap is lower than they expected it to be at around $180 million. So can you please break down how they find money to keep doing keep making moves? 
Well, I mean, for starters, uh, yes, Rob Brzezinski clearly knows what he's doing. I mean, (laughs) but I I would say this, that, you know, every team has had to scramble here that was spending with the plans for the salary cap to go up. And so there are casualties that have had to go out the door because of it and Kyle Rudolph and Riley Reef. And so they're going to have to continue to do things like maybe a contract extension for Harrison Smith to continue to create a little bit of space to fill those spots that are left. I know Irv Smith Jr. is going to step into Kyle Rudolph's role, but with the offensive line, that's the one where I'm really interested to see because Riley Reef played really well for the Vikings last year, and I think they wanted him to stay and to do it again. Um, but now you're looking at a, a draft class that has a lot of tackles that are good. Uh, we don't know exactly what Ezra Cleveland's role is going to be. Is he going to stay at guard? Is he going to stay at tackle? And I think the underrated signing maybe of the offseason is just bringing back Rashad Hill, somebody who's made big progress over his time here. He showed up as an undrafted guy who maybe didn't know what he was doing and was just here because of his size. And he's really developed as a player and we've seen it when he's gotten a chance to get in. So will he have you know a role in their plans as they try to fill out the offensive line? And, you know, we know this though, that if they want it to happen, Rob Brzezinski will make it happen. I mean, yeah, he, he will absolutely make it happen. And he's been a magician this entire offseason, And it's been interesting to see how, everything is going to continue to work, but just moving towards the draft and all these moves that are leading up to that. I mean, you've been on record and Sam Maxwell from the Purple Insider has been on record basically saying the Vikings should, should think defensively, but with all these defensive signings on the free in, in free agency, does that change your perspective on what the Vikings should do with that 14th pick? You know, I think they are at least at right now. And a lot can change between now and then in a position to take the best player. And we always say that, and then it ends up being, you know, a position of need. But in this case, I think that there are so much, so many talented players when it comes to that middle of the first round that they could also tr- decide to trade back and kind of let the other teams decide how the board is going to fall. Uh, there's the possibility that teams behind them really want a quarterback. So if one quarterback falls, you could look at a team like New England or Washington or Chicago yeah. calling you up and trying to move back. And yeah. it might be just a situation of not necessarily saying, oh, we have to get this position, but who's the best player? player out there. And I also think that, you know, one thing we haven't talked about that I'm interested if it gets addressed in the draft and maybe even high, depending on how the board falls would just be wide receiver. And I know that, you know, they have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, maybe the best tandem in the NFL. But if you're looking at, well, what if one of those guys has to miss a couple of weeks and in some of the big situations, those guys get double teamed and they get a lot of the focus so that number three receiver spot hasn't been really solidified in recent years. And I wonder if there's a player out there in free agency with a really good wide receiver market, or even in the draft that falls with a lot of great receivers that becomes interesting to them as kind of, we go forward here. Carla, you got to drop some names, man. You talk about receivers and you're not dropping any names. I need a couple of names because we can't speculate, but I feel like you have a few names in mind. Okay, well, for sure. I mean, uh, if we're talking about free agents, the guy who's interesting to me is Adam Humphreys. And also Danny Amendola, I think, still has a lot in the tank. We saw him last year for the Detroit Lions. Those are guys that are not getting a lot of buzz, but have been slot wide receivers and can still yeah. make an impact. And in the draft, Daniel Jeremiah mocked Devontae Smith to the Vikings. And that immediately that. got me, <laughs> you know, very, very interested in the possibility of that. I mean, because there's 
there's a really like high uh, upper echelon of talent at wide receiver in this draft. And if one of the guys falls, it might just be too good to pass up. And not that I think Adam Thielen is falling off anytime soon, but you're also kind of looking down the road a little bit there too. Who's going to pair with Justin Jefferson for the next decade. And, and you know, the other thing too, is this is the Minnesota Vikings. This is the team that had three deep and they've only had two deep in recent years. So would they add someone else? I also like, you know, there are a lot of playmakers in this draft too, you know, someone like Rondale Moore and, and what his draft value is going to be. You know, we've seen in recent years that some really good wide receivers will drop to the second round, drop even to the third round. That's where Washington got Terry McLaurin. So this team has a, a lot of draft picks in the third and fourth. They could look there to fill that spot too. What's next for this Vikings team? Do you think a playoff run is in store? I know the past couple of every other year, it's been that they make the playoffs. Do you see that being the case heading into the season? Yeah, I, th- I think that this year, that's where you set the bar for sure. And the way that I like to kind of judge expectations is where the team sets them by what they do. I mean, if a team is rebuilding and is, you know, not making free agent moves and is trying to stock draft picks, which I know the Vikings always try to stock draft picks, but um, if they were making rebuilding moves then I would say, okay, let's temper our expectations. And let's say maybe, you know, it's a 500 team at best or something, but that's not what they're doing. I mean, they're bringing in players that are clearly handpicked by Mike Zimmer as guys he wants on his defense. And the fact that they can add in a, a very talented draft in the first round, someone to make an impact right away, plus to go along with an offense that was already good. And I think could take another step with that wide receiver three um, that, you know, I, I think that the, the bar should be set at definitely making the playoffs and maybe even a little more than that, maybe even with eyes on winning the NFC North. I mean, I want to go back to the wide receiver position because I, I mean, when you, when you lose a guy like Kyle Rudolph right in free agency, you, you don't resign him. I feel like that opens the offense up a little bit more with Ersner Jr. But if you sign a wide receiver number three, how does that affect the Clint Kubiak-led offense? Yeah, what's interesting about this offense is that it's run similarly around the league in a lot of different ways. I mean, there is the San Francisco 49ers who run it with Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback in the game all the time. And there's Sean McVay, who when he had three great wide receivers, he was running 11 personnel with three receivers on every single play. So I think that you can mix and match and you can adjust. And Tyler Conklin is a guy who showed us last year that he can play, but I don't think it's quite the same as having Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, Mm -hmm. where Irv Smith is almost your wide receiver three. So if they bring in somebody else who is very talented, who can get open, who can make plays and and make a difference on key downs, um, you know, I think that all Clint Kubiak has to do is just kind of a lot of the same concepts, except for adjust them to running them out of 11 personnel. Mm. That's a great point. That's a great point. So I feel like that only makes this Vikings offense much more explosive. Well, put it this way, I feel like it makes it a more fan-friendly offense, just bombs 50, 50 pass attempts a game, right? Well, I don't think we'll ever see that with Mike Zimmer. But, you know, I think that the way that I would put it, though, is another receiver added to the mix. And then when you look at the efficiency that they had throwing the ball last year and what Justin Jefferson did in the second halves of games in the first half, I think that he wasn't maybe quite used enough in the second half. He would explode, especially games that they were behind. I think now that they know everything that Justin Jefferson is capable of, they can start the game by making him the main focus and then play the run off the pass to some extent, because it's felt like they've always wanted to run, you know, run first and then pass. But, 
with a wide receiver that is really, I mean, from what we saw last year, unstoppable. I mean, I think that you can change that around. You could tweak the sliders a little bit with Clint Kubiak to make it a little more pass first at times, especially when you get to, you know, second and 10 or something like that. I think there are opportunities there, but it always comes along with the personnel. And the, and the other thing too is, can you pass protect for Kirk Cousins? He was one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the league last year. That has to improve or they will have to kind of stick to the same philosophy. Yeah, well, Kirk Cousins' goal is to stay under 30 to 35 sacks. Well, 20 to 25 to 30 sacks this upcoming year. So getting the offensive lineman will be key. But, Kyler, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining the Vikings Vantage podcast. Anyway, people can follow your work during this offseason because you're cranking stuff out like clockwork. Well, what else do I have to do these days, right? Uh, purpleinsider.com is where they could go for the written work. And wherever you get your podcasts, just type in Purple Insider and it'll come right up. Well, Purple Insider, you heard it from Matthew Collar. I'm Gabe Henderson. That's Chris Corso. Thank you again for joining us for another edition of Vikings Vantage.